Welcome to the Closeted Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Shalay. This podcast is all about exploring the depths of your soul. We dive deep into spiritual concepts and tools that we can utilize in the physical world to really navigate life. So join me and so many others on this insane journey of self-discovery and let's learn and grow in both a spiritual and physical world together. Welcome, Daniela, to the Closeted Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to have this chat. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I was telling you this before we just popped on, but I was literally scrolling through your post, thinking about the things that I wanted to ask you today, and I was just so excited to have this conversation. I think the internet, especially the spiritual community, needs more real content like this. And I'm just like, yes, 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 yes. So I'm so excited to dive into all it is that you do. So before we do, could you introduce yourself to the listeners for me and just explain a little into what it is you do? Sure. So um, my work is what I've called it is inner child alchemy. And essentially what that is, is I merge together my 15 years of Understanding history with different children, learning from them, and my background in psychology, my current studies in um, acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, more esoteric teachings. I merge all of that kind of together along with energy healing to assist people in remembering what the inner child actually is. And the work that I do with people is really bringing them back to that pure place that we all have within us that we get veiled from essentially. Um, And so the process is really the unraveling of the programs that we receive specifically between birth time to seven years old. And in that unraveling, the understanding of what the inner child actually is and what society has told us it is starts to unfold for people for people differently. And so for some people, it's like my whole life, I believe these things. And now you're, you're bringing this new angle for me. And um, I have to reevaluate how I've operated. And so it's a very uh, kind of deep dive into aspects of ourselves and um, really uncovering anything that we Uh, have kind of tucked away that feels uncomfortable to look at. That's incredible. And what actually brought you to wanting to work with the inner child in this deep and intimate way? Because I'm so curious as to like the story that brought you here, because I know that we've spoken, um, we, you know, you and I have been back and forth in conversation and I know a little bit about your story and I'd love for you to dive into it because it's um, so interesting how your, like what your careers have been growing, um, you know, as you, as you've um, gone through adulthood and yeah, I'd love to know the story, all of the things that was a really poorly worded question, but you get me. (laughs) I totally do. So it's interesting because it it really is like this journey of all these different lifetimes kind of merging together with this work. And it it wasn't work that I consciously said like, oh, I want to do inner child work. That was never like a thing in my mind. Um, It chose me. It came to me and it came to me through the children that I took care of. So I had been a nanny for 15 years. So that was about at the time that I started consciously waking up to my path as an inner child alchemist. I had already done 
50% of my life as a nanny. And that was my role. And I worked with babies all the way up to teenage children. And at the time, it wasn't until I had my own spiritual awakening in my later 20s that I started to piece together uh, what I was actually doing with these children. Because I wasn't just taking them to the park and watching them while their parents went on a date or went to work or whatever. I was a guardian of their soul and I was assisting starseed children and being able to embody the human vessel safely and comfortably. And I would work with children who agreed to come earthside, but were struggling with the confines of the human vessel, struggling with the ego projected inner child of their parents being triggered by their crying or by their um, uh, very like screaming and playing and all these different things. And so I was really, the best way to describe it is I was kind of thrown in the middle of this child who is in this pure state. And then these parents who are trying to show up for their children and know how to be what I call a guardian of a child. Because we parents is a, in my opinion, a lower vibrational aspect of what it means to take care of children. Being a guardian of a child is to guard that soul as it has its lifetime on earth and unfolds its soul's mission. So when I, the last child I took care of, I he's dear to my heart, he's like a son to me. And he really was like the person who catapulted me into this work and he taught me I when I met him he was I believe a year and a half old and he was one of the greatest teachers I've ever had which a lot of people when I tell them they're that that they're like he was like what do you mean and I was like his soul was so powerful that I was able to learn how the inner child actually presents and how society uh, shifted the perspective of it. And basically what these children were doing was teaching me how to be an alchemist of my own inner child to then be able to teach that to other people. So those 15 years of nannying were really an initiation into my work without me having really a clue that that's what was going on. That is an incredible story. And I just wish that like there was a video component of podcast right now because goosebumps literally over my entire body with that whole story. And I, I love that. Like you didn't know why you were doing it, but you just knew that you had to be there and to go through that wild initiation for so many years. Like that is just so powerful. I would love to dive deeper into your relationship with um, the last little boy that you nannied because that sounds like a really powerful, powerful relationship and something that I've been learning. I haven't really spoken about this on the podcast yet. I'm yet to do like a proper episode discussing like the hybrid program and everything happening um, in the cosmos. Um, so maybe that requires you going into that a little bit, but I'll, I'm going to let you like take the wheel with that one. But um, I would love to, cause I know that we can have like, you know, spirit children or we can have children that even come through mothers, you know, that come through different mothers. So um, maybe I'll let you take the wheel on like how that unfolded. And yeah, I'd love to know more about your, your union. Yeah. that I'm glad you brought that up because the hybrid program is, is part of it. And I didn't understand that actually until you and I met. So, and that's something I don't know if I ever said to you, 
that's how I knew you. But that was exactly how I knew you is through the hybrid program. And I remember when we were talking. Really? Yeah. I had, yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've had that conversation yet. Okay. Okay. So we can have a bigger version of that later. But essentially what happened was you were like, I'm part of this program. And as soon as I listened to you say it, all this stuff started downloading and how that was part of how you and I knew each other before this life. And then, you know, how we came together and now we're doing our work, but Earthside in our different ways. So those, some of those children were absolutely part of that program. And some of them were more, I would say, you know, I didn't spiritually wake up until my late 20s. So when I started working with kids, I didn't know some of them were starseeds when I first worked with them. I would see that they were in tune to things very strongly in a way that adults are not. And I was slowly kind of like by osmosis in my subconscious learning from them until I was ready to kind of connect the dots of, okay, this child is uh, from the hybrid program and you're assisting them with this aspect. Um, so the last child that I took care of, uh, his name is Bodhi. And he and I, like I said, we've known each other many, many lifetimes. And he works very closely with Metatron. And he assisted me in my own heart portal activation so that I could do this work. Um, because as a lot of people see the inner child, they look at it as this broken, wounded part of you that you need to heal. And my direct teachings were that is not true. That's actually a program in and of itself. And so that program is designed to essentially keep us in this victim consciousness of like, well, I have to heal this because I'm broken, right? This little girl within me, this little boy within me is so miserable because mommy left when I was four. And that can be really intense for someone to hear. But when we start to unravel that without that charge around it, we realize that there's something more to it and there's the karma and there's the lifetime lessons and all these different things. So Bodhi essentially assisted me in understanding more about why we experience certain things in childhood, why we carry it through adulthood. And then it, our ending was very, really interesting. So it was around when COVID first happened. So it was like, people weren't sure what was going on. And I knew there was a separation that was taking place. And I knew that I was no longer going to watch him. His family was going to be leaving. I, I knew all this stuff. And, but it was very, very difficult for me. And I kept trying to say, like, there's more I need to learn from you. Um, and his message was very clear you've learned what you needed to learn with me. And, and part of his role was to teach me how to uh, become a parent or a guardian of uh, my own starseed child. So he knew her, he knows her, he knows both of my starseed children that haven't come Earthside yet. And so he agreed to work with me on the Earth plane before they came Earthside to prepare me for what it is to parent a starseed child or to, I, like I said, I don't love the word parent. So to be a guardian of that soul. 
I love everything that you just said. And thank you for being so vulnerable and explaining that relationship with Bodhi, because I think that that's so special. And the fact that you were able to take this like student role with this one-year-old child and let him be your teacher, like, let's just start there for a second, because automatically when we have a child, we assume, yeah, we're the boss of them, right? Like we own them and we, and it's just not like that at all, um, at all. And I love, I've never heard anyone say that they didn't like the term parent. And I'm like, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, neither do I. I love the term guardian as well. I'm like, that that makes so much sense. And I love that initiation that you went through. And I'm just feeling so activated by what you're saying, because I also, for those of you at home that maybe haven't experienced this, but I've also had experiences with my spirit baby. I've seen her come through. Um, she's my, um, my one is a little girl um, that I know is going to come earthside. And so I know exactly what you mean when you connect to them and they do test you, they teach you. And it's like, you're going through this initiation to be able to, yeah, be the guardian of them coming through as well. So they really want you to like, you know, kind of sort all this shit out earthbound, get your ducks in a row, and then they kind of come through. So I really, really love that, that, um, that journey that you went on. And I'm so, I'm like, so I didn't know that, you know, through us talking about the hybrid program, that uh, was an activation for you to be like, oh my goodness, like this is, this is where, what it is. And this is where it comes from. So I'm just going to take a moment to explain what the hybrid program actually is. This is something that I haven't entirely spoken about in the podcast. I mean, briefly, I've mentioned it in my episode with Camilla where we talked about um, ETs, but I do want to do a dedicated episode to the hybrid program because it's incredible and really, really fascinating in terms of like what's happening on the planet and earth right now. So essentially what has actually happened. So there, there's this, there's this timeline of humanity where we essentially lose, we lose touch with our emotions and our ability to procreate, right? So we essentially lose touch with our humanity, all the things that make us human in the first place. And through that, we become so technologically advanced that we lose touch of our emotions and all of that, right? So that, that species of human are now called zeta reticuli beings, right? So they're zeta reticuli and basically their species is dying off because of this timeline of humanity where they've lost touch with everything, with what it means to be human. So they've come back to this moment in time. And you have to remember when we're talking about the cosmos, there's no such thing as time. Time time does not exist. We experience time in such a real way in this 3D plane. So it can be hard to hold this perspective, but remember in the cosmos, multidimensionality, time does not, time's not a thing, right? So these beings have come back to this moment and they've kind of merged their DNA with human DNA to also help the evolution of the planet right now, right? So we've created these like new hybrid children who are here to help the ascension of Earth and help humanity because also on Earth there are many different timelines for humanity and we are trying to not have that timeline take place. And I have a higher self version of me who's actually a Zeta Reticuli who's come back to help in the ascension of humanity. So we don't go down that route. So we don't go down that route. So um, it's, that's kind of um, my understanding of how um, the hybrid program works. And there are many different hybrid programs all around the cosmos utilizing different, you know, extraterrestrial DNA. Um, And basically these children are going to come earth side. And that's the, that's the, 
that's what we're doing. We're, we're prepping Earth for the arrival of these children because these children are basically, uh, they, they look like they're not from here. And that's, that's what we're trying to prep humanity for. They look like they're different. So first they're going to come through, um, I believe, you know, human mothers. However, there are some people in this space that actually also believe that they're going to come down on spaceships and be deposited that way. So we shall see what occurs. Like right now they are coming through mothers because I have a friend, uh, her name is Jamie, and she has a starseed child. Like it literally, she was literally born on the A8 portal. So she's meant to be a grid worker. She's incredible but when you when you look at her she actually looks animated she doesn't even look like she's from here she's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life but she genuinely looks like she is not from here and you can just get lost in her eyes like she's just she doesn't look like she's from earth she doesn't look human to me like it just it's crazy to see her because that's what's going to happen um and I don't know you know look at the the new babies that are coming through at the moment guys because they don't look like they're from here they look different right they look animated and it's really really special to see and it's really cool so that's how they're kind of coming through at the moment which I think is very very exciting but that's essentially just a brief explanation of what the hybrid program actually is that was a great, great like encapsulation of of the hybrid program. So I, I love that. <laughs> I know it's hard to like condense it, you know, all these different pieces down, but yes, that's exactly it. And so, so with him, he he was a child that uh, he also had very, 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 very blue eyes, like the ocean in the eyes, basically, if you were to describe it. Um, and he was a child that you know, I would carry him like in the carrier, his mom would be with him and she would be like, people will literally stop in their tracks and like engage with him. And part of his role was heart healing. So he was able to actually, it was funny because it was often with older men that he would lock eyes with and they would completely shift. And years later, what I realized he was doing is he was attuning them to their own divine inner child within and reminding them of that purity through his eyes and his heart connection. So yes, I, he was a very, uh, I'm biased of course, because I loved him like my own son and I still do. Uh, but yes, he was very much a child that people would stop and be like, he looks, he looks different than other children in a, like he was almost more light than human. And it, part of it is these children are rainbow children. A lot of them are coming in where their chakras are already in uh, the pillar. They're not separated anymore. So they actually, some of them are coming in where they don't have the karmic lineage of the parents that conceived them. They are coming in so pure uh, with intent, like you said, of grid working or whatever it is that they're so on mission that they're choosing families to come through that support that mission wholeheartedly and don't get in the way of that with their own trauma or their own stuff that they're carrying. Um, and so that, that's kind of, that was where I learned that with him is more of that, um, these, to speak to the hybrid program of that idea of being able to conceive and not conceive, I was given a download before everything happened with with the state of the world that 
children, the children coming to earth can only come through clean vessels. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, I, I just kind of like let it go. And it's like, okay, got it. And I later realized that what it means is you have to clear your shit. If you want to be able to, and you mentioned that, if you want to be able to house the souls that are coming Earthside, you have to do the work. And that's exactly kind of what my, the work I do is preparing people to clear themselves so they can come, these children can come through and humanity can shift to that awakened state uh, that it's meant to go to. Brody sounds so powerful, by the way. And yes, I love everything that you said and the work that you're doing because it is so potent right now. I actually got that message from my, um, I had a teacher and she, I knew that 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 was kind of there, but she solidified that message, you know, when you get that final confirmation and she's just like, yeah, you've got your spirit baby here. She's working with you right now and she's helping you to like release and um, prepare for her arrival. And she doesn't want to come until about seven years. (laughs) So I was like given that like time frame to actually really like, you know, shed that old version of me and really embody, um, I guess, the the guardian that she wants me to be as she she comes through. So I love everything that you said. And I would love to talk more about uh, your definition of the inner child, because that really differs from, I guess, the general community in the spiritual space. I guess everyone's kind of like saying the same thing. And I love love, 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 love your definition. Yeah. So I do want to say something about the seven years thing that came through. So seven years is, so in Chinese medicine, uh, women and men go on seven and eight year cycles. And so the seven year cycle is the female cycle. So it's interesting because that, as soon as I heard seven, I was like, "Mm, this is related so it's, it's this cycle of um, shifting in all these different parts of our, our body, our energy fields, being able to clear things. Uh, the seven-year cycles are very key in women's lives and eight-year cycles in men's lives. So that um, she, your, your spirit baby knows that. <laughs> Yeah, she does, because I had no idea about that. Wow, I've learned something new today. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, my goodness. I didn't... Everything, everything means something. There is just no coincidences in this universe, honestly. Like, I had no idea about that seven seven years thing. So thank you so much for sharing. Yes, of course. As soon as you said it, I was like, oh, I've got to make this connection point because it's going to make so much sense for you. (laughs) So... It does. It does. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so to speak to what you were saying before, um, the inner child, the way that if you go get a book on the inner child, you go to someone who calls himself an inner child coach or whatever, you're going to get a very similar message. And that was part of my own resistance with this work is that the message is almost polar opposite to my message. And I struggled with being someone bringing this new vantage point to life. The my guides, my channel made it very clear to me that this is part of the shift of humanity is to remember not only how powerful we are, but to remember our essence in the way that it was meant to be felt. And the current dialogue around the inner child. What's interesting is when I started this work, I clicked right into that dialogue of, oh, there's a wounded part of me that I have to heal. And 
you can only get so far with that mentality because that mentality is mind focused. So there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with me. That becomes a self-fulfilled prophecy that we, we create. And I know you spoke about this recently in an episode about that addiction to the healing cycle of continuing to do the healing because you get fixed into this other state that you didn't have as a child. And then you want more and you want more and you want more. And that's the imbalance that's created when we view the inner child as broken. Um, so that shifting point for me was when I really started doing the work with myself, I knew I wasn't broken. And I knew that my inner child wasn't broken. And I knew that whatever happened in my childhood was not a defining point of me. It was stuff that I had not integrated yet, but I kept held in my mind and I kept replaying it. And that's exactly what will happen for people. So those first seven years, like I said, are pivotal to what the inner child creation is for a lot of people. So the current idea of the inner child is that wounded, broken thing. And the first seven years of your life is when you really get those, what I call imprints happening. But my viewpoint's a little bit different. So those from, and I actually expand it back, expand it back to birth time because your time in, your, in the womb is pivotal to this as well. So womb time to seven or eight, depending on if you're male or female, those years are what you're operating from more of that divine inner child space, as I call it, which, I, which is the true inner child. And that is that piece of you where you are looking at a tree and you hear the whisper of the tree speaking to you. When you can look at the sky and know that a spirit is looking at you and talking to you. It's when the imaginary friend sitting next to you wants a glass of juice as well and your, your guardian says, oh, what's their name? And, and engages in that with you instead of shutting it down. It's that space. That's, that's the essence of our inner child. It is beyond the veil point. And in those years, the ego projected inner child is what I call this version because it is the ego mind that creates what people currently call the inner child. So that thing is a collection of these imprints that we have labeled as the inner child as a society because of the way in which the field of psychology created this concept around the inner child. And a lot of that teaching didn't resonate to me. And um, the, a lot of that teaching is very much rooted. You spend your adult life healing from your childhood. And to me, I'm like, I'm not spending my adult life healing from my childhood. That's insane. What, where, when do I live? When do I experience life? When do I actually do my soul's mission? When do I do that? If I'm still worried about, you know, the fact that I was picked on because I wore glasses at fourth grade, you know, or even stronger, I was sexually abused. And now I have to continue to perpetuate that. No. That's not how we do it. And that's never how that world was supposed to operate. But traditional psychology is rooted in staying in victim consciousness. 
And so that is really the big separation for me. I do not approach the inner child at all in the state of victim. And I won't. And so if someone comes to me and is like, well, my childhood fucked me up. My response is, no, it didn't. You haven't integrated the experiences in your childhood that are keys to the alchemy process of why you came to earth in the first place. And some people can't hold that yet, but they will. It, it's, a, it's kind of planting a seed for them. Um, because it's a lot easier to stay in that victim consciousness and slowly make headway, but then fall back into it versus like, I don't need to continue to perpetuate this wound that I'm carrying, you know, 30 years later. Everything that you said, I just wanted to be like, yes, 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 clap, clap, clap. I'm like, oh my goodness, I actually couldn't contain myself as you were speaking because I feel so passionate about this. Oh my goodness, I love everything that you said. And I was just sitting there thinking like, we need voices like this in the spiritual community. We need perspectives like this because this is what, this is how we ascend. This is how we get better. We Ah, oh, everything that you said, I'm like, yes, it's not about perpetuating that victim mindset that like the the old paradigm, we're not meant to stay there. And I had that moment actually not long ago, I actually filmed a podcast episode about this, um, where I realized I was stuck in the illusion of healing. I was just constantly looking for the next thing to heal, you know, oh, that showed up in my childhood. So that's something I have to work on. And it was a way for me to stay safe in these like familiar feelings that I knew so well in my like, you know, my nervous system wasn't familiar with kind of letting that go. And you know what you were reminding me of? I put up a reel where I actually said everything is something that we've created. And this really goes towards the, um, you know, getting out of that victim mindset, realizing that everything that has ever happened to you has been created by you, whether it's something you asked to experience before you came down to this 3D dimension, or whether it's something that you created as you, you know, play the game of life, right? I truly, truly believe this. And this is something that was really hard for a lot of people to actually um, sit with. And a lot of people got very, very triggered by that. And I love everything that you said. And thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story as well, because I have also you know, been one to experience a sexual abuse when I was a child and a, a lot of fucked up shit. Like I, I experienced these things, but I truly believe that I was supposed to experience those things in order to, yes, integrate those experience, close that karmic cycle, and then, you know, pave a new way for my ancestral line, lineage, all of the things. Like I'm, I, I came here to heal those things and I don't have to stay there. And yes, I ask for those experience, no matter how, like those experiences, no matter how hard they actually are. So I, I really enjoyed you actually speaking on that because not many people do. Not many people are actually brave enough to actually even say that. Some people even realize that that's what's happening, but they don't want to say that because they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or trigger them. But I think it's just such an empowering point of view to have. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It's it's not, that perspective is not to further trigger you into that hole of wounds and healing. It's actually meant to free you, to empower you back to how powerful you are say that darkness 
as we call it in the human you know, world, doesn't exist. There are definitely evil things on the planet. There are definitely dark things on the planet. How we choose to integrate our dance with darkness is part of the human experience. And so we have a choice to take it through the lens of this happened to me or this happened for me. And it's very hard when you get into these darker things that take place to realize that they are opening something up for you. If you're willing to shift your yourself out of that state of pain, because we get addicted and you hit on it with the nervous system, our nervous system gets attuned through this frequency and it stays there because it feels safe to be in chaos or it feels safe to be, um, you know, for some people it's, their body, using their body as a tool to feel loved. That's a very common thing that I see happen. And that isn't, that doesn't mean this person doesn't love themselves. It just means that they've forgotten that the body is a tool, is a vessel, and that love is not outside, it's inside. And you can continue to perpetuate it in that way but you'll never get to that place you're actually seeking. Um, and so it's, it's really shifting our minds and moving into the heart space and understanding that certain things are not going to be easily understood that our human minds attach as dark or painful or traumatizing because what's traumatizing to me maybe not traumatizing to you. You know, we're all very different in how we're traumatized by something. But if we get addicted to labeling the trauma, we get addicted to holding on to the trauma, we become that trauma and we continue to receive experiences that perpetuate that original imprinted trauma that likely happened in those first seven or eight years of life. Incredible. You have such a beautiful way of explaining this. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I'm so lit up by this conversation because I, yeah, I just think it's just so important. It's so, so, so important to like hold that perspective. And um, something that was coming through as you were speaking and, you know, I, the way that I like to experience this stuff is just drawing off my own experiences just because, you know, that's, that's how it really solidifies for me. But I had this like big story about my, my dad and my mom. Um, it was like this abusive moment. It was just this pivotal point in my childhood. And I feel like that was where my memory started um, prior to doing this spiritual work. That was like where my memory started with um, my childhood. And it was, you know, perpetuating this story. And I remember when I went on this, like, uh, this healing journey with it, I remember when I finally said goodbye to that story and I realized that it actually didn't define me because I was using it to define who I was. It became a part of my identity. Like this story was me. So it was ridiculous when I, I actually, you know, stepped back from that story and I was like, wait, hold on. I actually felt lost. It wasn't even a good feeling to separate from that traumatic story. It was this feeling of like, but who am I now? What am I if I don't have this trauma to hold on to? It was actually a feeling of loss, which is hilarious. And that's just something that's coming through strong as you're, you're, you're speaking. That's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. Like point, if you could encapsulate why people don't do this work, that's exactly it. 
because we've become identified as this person who had X, Y, and Z happen to them. And when that becomes the identity, a great example of this that we see all of the time is in relationships and dating. And, and for a lot of people, that is the way in which these, these imprints perpetuate. And so that example you said of like that abuse in your childhood, that abuse was the backspring for you about dynamics right between a, a mother and a father or partnership in general and so there is that imprint now to and I, I speak from my own experience with this or clients with similar stories of seeing that unhealthy relationship between the mother and father the, the masculine and feminine and then going into their own version of that so that might look like a woman dating a man who has drug issues, or it may be a man dating another man who has sexual abuse history issues that they haven't worked through, and they have a very like toxic relationship with each other, especially in the realm of sexuality and expression of it. And those things those are, you know, two examples of a million different ways it sort of manifests out. But it's that idea that it becomes ingrained as part of our identity. Identity, And think about, you know, from birth to seven or eight years old, you are forming your identity. You are forming how you show up. So if somebody, if you're a child who's very loud and joyful and you have someone be like, you're too loud, tone it down you best believe that person is going to have that imprint their entire lives until they work on it and be like, well, someone told me when I was a kid to tone it down. So I've toned it down my whole entire life, not understanding that that was their own ego projected in her child, not being able to handle that child being free. And so that becomes part of that identity of I'm too much or I'm not enough or all those different things. And when we identify strongly to these things, we do not, it's scary to not know the unknown on the other side of that. So if I let go of this person that I've identified to my entire life, sometimes it's so subconscious, they don't even understand it the way that you did, but they will hold it. And then it's like, they want this thing, you know, they're trying to manifest this thing but they can't manifest it. Well, why can't they? Because they're not willing to give up this key thing getting in the way. So it's it's so multifaceted in that way. That is so, so true. And yes, often people, it's so, it's so subconscious. Um, it's so, so subconscious. And yeah, people like consciously, you're like, oh, I really, really, really want this thing. I really want it. Like, you know, why would I be blocking it? And it can be such subconscious behaviors because that's just how we've been programmed. So I love that you actually brought it back to that because I think that that is really, really, that's an important distinction to have. And that's when I, I go back to the importance of self-awareness, because I think that's how I've been able to be so self-aware in my own life. I know you are so self-aware because um, I've chatted to you as well. And it's I think it's just such a powerful tool to have. 
And honestly, like working with someone like you who's able to like pick on somebody's blind spots, maybe where they, maybe they're projecting um, the the ego projected in a child, which I want to actually get into. I'm not sure if we actually, you give these definitions. So you have the ego projected in a child and then you have the divine in a child. And I would love to, um, I know that we've briefly spoken about it, but maybe just to solidify that uh, example and that distinction between the two would be very helpful. Yes, of course. So for me, the divine inner child is our true inner child. And that is the inner child that we anchor into our heart space. And uh, like I said before, it's that space. It's that space connected beyond the veil. It's the ability to see spirits, talk to spirits, talk to the trees, see the wind blow with a message, things like that. It's that oneness with nature. And that's why nature is so profound for children because it is their, it's their playground. It's what they know to be connected into that space. And that's also something I use with people to get them into that space. So the divine inner child is what I believe is the true inner child. The ego projected inner child is a term that I created when I was doing this work. I was like, this isn't the inner child. So what is this thing? What is this thing that's held in my subconscious mind that is telling me I'm not enough or telling me that I don't deserve blah, blah, blah. What is this? And the message came through from my divine inner child that this is the ego projected inner child, to name it that. And that's the name that I use to describe it. And part of the the importance of differentiating these two things, and this is something that isn't done within a lot of the inner child work that I've seen, The importance to differentiate is, again, touching back on what you're saying about identification, identifying to the trauma, identifying to the wound, identifying to the imprint. When we pull it out and we're like, the divine inner child is my birthright, it's the state in which I am meant to operate from, It's and it it operates with the higher selves. So it's in that same uh, vibration. The ego projected inner child, what do we think of when we think of the ego? We think of more of the subconscious reptilian brain part of ourselves. And that's exactly where this, um, the way that it presents to me is like a fog, kind of like a veil over your true inner child. And when you pull it apart, you see that one is a pure energy and one is a creation of the mind. And that's why I pull them apart for my clients so they understand that what their mind tells them is not always true. And so when we shift to operating from the heart as our compass, we're able to understand when the mind is playing tricks on us because most people operate from the lower aspect of the mind and the right and left hemisphere are not connected in that way. And so when that happens, we identify very easily to those pieces of victimization and what a lot of people call the inner, the wounded inner child. That is that space of the ego projected inner child. Thank you so much for that definition. That was like perfectly said. And I love that you've come up with those two terms because it resonated deeply as I was reading it. And I actually cried when I was on your page this morning, which is something I wanted to tell you when I was um, going through it, because I was like thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, uh, just to get some inspiration. And yeah, I cried. I genuinely cried. There was this, there was this one video that you put up where you were in the forest and you 
you were talking about the elementals and I'm going to get emotional thinking about it because those are the memories that we forget, right? Those are the memories that we we don't focus on so much. We're so fixated on the trauma because that's what we're, we're taught to look at, right? We're taught to always look at what's going wrong rather than what was beautiful. And the elementals was something that I was so, so, so connected to. And I used to speak to the trees and I used to, and it was something that I never understood. And I was, uh, I was just like, why is everyone so, um, you know, chaotic around me? Because I was just surrounded by so much magic. And that is a memory that, yeah, came back to me while I was on your page. And it made me really, really emotional. And I, I cried. I was like, oh my goodness, like that. I forgot that. I forgot that. And it honestly just makes me want to go to the forest right now and just go singing with the trees. And <laughs> um, so it's so beautiful. And I, yeah, that's why, that's why I just think your work is so, so special because we need to come back to that divine, pure souls that we are, that powerful, these powerful beings that we are, you know, having that knowledge of you are the creator, you create your reality, you are powerful, you can literally overcome anything. It's just such a powerful stance to have. And I think, you know, somewhere along the spiritual journey, some people can get lost in like the trauma and the healing and then this, and it's like, you're missing the point of like who you actually are. So uh, I love it. I wanted to also uh, ask you a question because this came up uh, as well while you were talking. Uh, this is something that I experienced and obviously I'm doing a lot of um, work on myself. So um, a lot of like self-awareness work and all of that. So something that I realized is that I uh, didn't have much of a memory between the age, of, like between basically birth and the age of five. That's when like my memories kind of start. So how would you help? So, and I know some people say that they just don't remember their childhood at all. They're just like, I just don't have any memory of it, right? They've completely disassociated. So how would you help that person come back to their like divine inner child? Beautiful. I just want to acknowledge the, um, you having that emotional experience because it's ties in into the answer for this. Exactly. That feeling that was evoked inside of you is the feeling of the divine inner child and it resonating within your being and reminding you of its purity and its ability to be embodied. And there are, I've had clients who've come to me like, I don't remember any of my childhood at all. And so how can I even do this work? And I'm like, you can, because what happens to speak on that part of it, what happens is, is you don't need to remember your childhood to unravel the imprints that were created there. Because a lot of times, as I said before, we a lot of things happen in the seven and eight year cycles. So if you remember, you know, seven to 14 or eight to 16, what happened in those years? You can usually pull apart those, those teachings to understand the imprint behind them. So you're kind of going forward to leap back to pieces that were forgotten or buried deep in the subconscious. So there's that side of it. But people who are like, I want to remember, I, this was a personal experience for myself. I remember I had one memory at four years old. And other than that, and I had a trauma, traumatic experience that I spoke about that happened right around there. And then I couldn't remember, I'd have bits and pieces of memory. And through this work, essentially working with nature, the elementals, 
it helped pull me back into what I needed to remember to integrate, to move forward. And the biggest example or the biggest, like when someone says to me, what can I do to tune into this quickly without like even really understanding it? It's that exact thing that you experience is like, go sit next to a tree. These are our ancestors. They are the wisdom keepers of the earth. Go put your feet in the dirt and just feel what it feels like. You know, there was a client that I had who she was, she had children. She's like, I don't like them to get dirty. And I said, but you don't understand. It's important for them to crawl on the dirt. That's them grounding themselves. That's resetting their, your, their different uh, meridian channels. This is so important for them to do. And by the time she finished working with me, not only was she allowing them to cover themselves in mud, she was allowing herself to put her feet in the mud and to tune into that peace and connect to her children through her own inner child. And that is really the part of it is like getting back to the basics of what it means to be in that frequency. So if you don't have like your example where you have that memory of loving the forest and being with the elementals and talking to them, if you don't have that, you're just like, I don't, I don't know what the hell I did as a kid. I don't remember anything. Just go into nature. Go to where your heart pulls you. It, maybe it's going in the water. Maybe it's going next to me. Maybe it's hiking. But nature will always be one of the most powerful guides next to a child. And um, for some people, it is their actual child that helps them remember sort of what happened for me. I was a guardian of these children, but they were assisting me in remembering. Uh, and then for other people, it's their friend's children. Like, I'm sure your friend's baby, holding that baby, like that experience of being within the space of purity, because that is what a baby is, helps bring that back online really quickly. That is so powerful. And I love, love, love those examples. And yeah, I highly recommend everyone do what she says because it's so, so, so powerful to remember that version of the inner child. And yes, to utilize the elementals and nature to actually get back to that place that is so aligned and so pure. And I even love that you said that you don't even have to remember your childhood to realize that that version of you already exists within you. And you can find that version of you through this moment, right? Through the memories that you do have, because that is always existing within you. And yeah, and I found in my own experience, the more that I kind of explored myself, even in this present timeline right now, those other memories kind of came flooding back. Like, for example, when I looked at your your page and I had that memory of like talking to the trees, putting water out for the fairies and the, you know, putting bread out for the fairies. I don't know why bread came to mind, but I would put bread out for them. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, like these, these things, you know, when you allow your curiosity to kind of take the wheel. Um, so yeah, it was so, such a beautiful example. I realized that I didn't ask you the question that I asked all my guests on the Closet of Sun podcast because I just was so excited to talk to you about all of the things. Um, but I'll ask it to you now because it is a tradition. So how did you first come out of the spiritual closet just to wrap it all up? <laughs> I love it. That's a great way to end. It's perfect. I. It's funny because as a child, I was so connected similarly to you. I mean, I grew up 
in like, I grew up in Vermont, so I was outside 98% of my childhood. I was talking to the fairies. I was with the trees. I was doing all the things. And then like a lot of people do, they have the veil fall. And for me, certain experiences really pushed that veil down. And then I went into complete opposite where like, I was not connected to source energy. I didn't even know if I believed source energy was real at one point. And I was really at that atheist place like we've talked about. And it was a lot of most of my, I would say, I laugh because most of my like teenage up until my early 20s was me in this like just working through that ego projected inner child imprint like over and over. And then um, I went through, uh, I was in a nine-year relationship that ended and I had my first out-of-body experience where I literally, my soul kind of came out of my body and I watched the experience from a higher vantage point. And my spirit said to me, this is a contract that needs to end. Do not try to make this work. And my spirit came back in my body and I was like, on it. So I started tapping back into my shamanic um, lineage. I did shamanic journeys regularly and started opening up more of my channel. Meanwhile, I'm still doing the work with children and learning more from them. And then I've had multiple kind of awakening points, but that was the first really solidified one where I experienced what it means to be a soul in the body to come out of the body, go back into the body. And uh, that was in my early 20s. So it's been, I think it's been almost eight years that I first sort of opened and started awakening to to, uh, all of this stuff. That is incredible. I think that, what a story, first of all, what a story. I think that that is also really powerful that you were able to let go of that nine-year relationship because I could imagine like how hard it would be, right? And to have this like, you know, this, this um, you know, not sure if source is real and this um, weird, uh, this weird relationship with the, uh, the, other, the other side, right? And to have your soul come out like that and then for you to have just entrust, uh, trusted that and then fully like went into it. And I think that what happens right we have these you have to have the experience for yourself in order to really see how real it is and you have to you have to really experience that so really really powerful and I think we're so lucky to have you in this community teaching what you're teaching because honestly I have not come across anyone talking about the inner child from this lens like I'm just so passionate about this I'm like everyone everyone needs your medicine so where could people find you if they wanted to connect with you if they wanted to work with you all of the things well thank you so much I I feel honored to be a part of this community and for us to have connected and it was like a remembrance of all these times before. So it's beautiful to be able to come together on the earth plane and assist in, you know, helping people and helping humanity. So um, my, you can find me through Instagram, of course. Uh, my handle is guardian of the child within. And then you can uh, also find me through my website, which is guardian of the child within.com. And I, I, I currently offer, um, Uh, what I call a one-on-one activation portal. And that's where you learn all about inner child alchemy and and doing this work. 
in a deep dive way where I work with you very intimately through the process. And um, my plan is to create some courses in the next year or so that allow you to self-pace this work because it can be a lot for some people. So sometimes it's self-pace is better. So that that's in the future as well. I'm going to also have that all linked in the description below. And that sounds amazing. I like highly recommend everyone try it out and receive your medicine because it just, it, it's incredible the work that you, I feel like I've said that the entire time, but I'm honestly so passionate about it. It's like lit this like fire in my belly. And yes, no, I'm so grateful to have connected and I'm so grateful to be able to share your, your message and your light with the listeners today. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to give it a rate and review in iTunes or Spotify. It would mean the world to me. Also, if you are wanting to connect with me on a more intimate platform, you can find me on Instagram at Shule Ozek. I would love to connect with you. Finally, you can learn a little bit more about me and this space just by visiting my website at www.shuleozek.com.